getting to a Comics Pal special. We are here to review Wonder Woman 1984. This is one of two movie reviews that we've done this year. Did we do another one? Uh, well, we did do Rise of Skywalker and we did Birds of Prey. So technically that's three. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So this is our third movie review of the year. Only one Not... I've been on. <laughs> Not <laughs> our usual. Normally we, we are good for at least like four. Um, four or five or more. Usually hit you with at least one a quarter. Yeah, and none of these are Marvel movies. It's crazy. Um, What a time to be alive. I know. But we are closing out the year with our Wonder Woman 1984 review. This is, of course, a sequel to 2017's Wonder Woman film, directed by Patty Jenkins, starring Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, uh, Pedro Pascal, and Kristen Wiig. I believe it's pronounced Gal Gadot. I think it's Gadot. I feel like she always says Godot. Godot? So I think it is probably Godot, like the way that you're saying it if we were Americanizing it. I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. It's Gal something. Tomato, potato, Godot. <laughs> She's awesome. That's what matters. <laughs> um, so the way we always do these is we start off by guessing the tomato meter score and the audience score for the movie that we were discussing this time of course um you may or may not know because there has been a lot of stuff floating around yeah but we'll do our best if you guys know you know if you don't then great so what do you think the tomato meter and audience score are so I'll say this. I did see uh, rumblings about the tomato meter. So I have like an Same. idea of the window of where it should be. So I don't know exactly what it is, but I have a good idea. Um, so I'm cheating a little bit on that one. But for the audience score, I have no idea. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so for the tomato, I'm going to say, okay, for the sake of trying to win the game, I'm going to say 60. Okay. And for the audience score, I'm going to say, let's say 75, 70. Okay. All right. Um, Repeat those one more time. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So for the, the tomato meter, I'm going to say 60 for audience. I'm going to say 70. So I similarly saw that it was no longer certified fresh. So, for that reason, I was going to give it within that range. Uh, mm-hmm. Pete, I'm going to give it 62. Oh, you son of a bitch. And, <laughs> you probably just won. And and I, I've been seeing, like, weird uh, a mixed bag. on. I had been seeing a mixed bag on Twitter. So, I'm going to give it, like, a 70, like, a 73. Because, like, that's where I feel the people have been at, too. Okay. I think we might have both just got one point. Well, the tomato meter score is a 67. Okay. Okay. And the audience score is a 74. Oh, damn. Wow, higher than I thought. Off by one. Damn, I almost said 75, too, but I thought that was too high. I was going to say 75. I was like, let me get in the middle between you and Pete, me and Pete. All right, so you got audience score, and then what was – who won? Score was 67. Okay, and I said 60, and you said what? 62. Okay, so yeah, no, so you cleaned up, Marco. Yeah. All nice. right, Marco. I thought it was lower, honestly. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be off. 
<laughs> yeah, I said sixty because I was like, I feel like it might it, it could be anywhere from like fifty something to like seventy, right? Yeah, is like yeah. the non fresh yep. range or whatever. Um Damn. Yep. Surprising. Right. Very surprising. Uh this movie has been I mean, I think it's fair to say it's been pretty divisive at this point. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? For sure. I mean, look at that score alone. Yeah, that's it, not not what you would expect. No, and I think the fact that it's so, like, middling and not, like, overtly good or bad speaks to the fact that people were, like, divided on it, you know? Exactly. Because usually it's, like, m- movies don't usually land in that range. Right, like I feel like, especially like in in the way that I feel like we talk about like art these days, it's very like, this is hot or this is cold, you know? It's it's great or it sucks. Not like something that flies so middle of the range, where there are some people who are there to defend it, but for the most part, it's like, hmm. yeah, this is a very um, unusual experience. I think there might be um there there are probably like several factors do uh that that's due to um we're gonna go into all of that right now um just before we do want to let you guys know where you can find us on the internet of course we are the comics pals you can listen to our main show or any of our other content by looking us up at the comics pals on whatever podcast hosting platform you choose um we our main show comes out every monday and uh, we talk about the news in, in the comic space, the news about films, review books. Uh, and we talk about some of the big picture things that matter when it comes to these characters, no matter what media you can find them in, whether it's a comic book, a movie, a TV show, anything. We cover all that good stuff. Um, so you can check us out there. If you want to write your thoughts in, you can do so at thecomicspals.gmail.com. If you want us on social media, again, the Comics Pals. Uh, if you were watching this on YouTube, we appreciate you for that. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Like the video, share it with your friends, um, and, uh, you know, drop us a comment. Yeah. Yeah. And we do have a Discord server where you can continue to talk about these movies with us or anything else we discuss. You can join our Discord server, a link to which will be in our description, and you can come hang out. We have great conversations over there all the time, and you can be a part of them too. So we're going to... Begin with a spo- our spoiler-free takes on the film, um, and then we'll dive into the spoiler section a little later on. So, spoiler-free first. What are your thoughts on Wonder Woman at 1984? Uh, I think based off of just the tomato meter, right? Like, I think I think to say it was a mixed bag is probably where I feel like a lot of people might come at it from. And I think for me, it had moments. And it had uh, elements that I had fun with. And then there were other times where I felt frustrated because things maybe didn't make sense or things escalated in it oddly. And there was a lot of, uh, if I like, there were moments where there were a lot of stakes and other moments where there weren't. Um, mm. And one of the other things was. Um, the effects were always consistent and we'll like get into more details, but I mean, out, out of the gate, this was a really mixed movie for me. Um, I'm glad I saw it at home and didn't have to pay for this. I think that's probably the, the biggest highlight there for me, but um, otherwise, yeah, 
Uh, we'll get into the details of it, but um, not great, not bad, not good, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I would say that I echo a lot of those sentiments. I think that um, I think the movie is definitely hampered by you not seeing it in the theater um, because I think that I think the experience of going to a movie, especially like an action set piece driven movie, um, which is you know what all of these movies are on some level, um, those kinds of things land better in a theater environment. Uh, unless you have like a really great setup and like I've got a great TV like it looked and sounded great when I when I watched it um, but it is missing something and it's not that same intimate experience right um, that said I don't think that um, a I think a, a good movie is good regardless of that so that says quite a bit about what the experience is like yeah uh, and, and I think that I think that where it's kind of landing on the tomato meter and everything um, is is fair because my experience with the movie is I didn't think it was um, terrible, you know, like it, it didn't feel like a waste of time necessarily, but like it was definitely really uneven and um, <clears throat> it was – I even hesitate to say peaks and valleys because I don't think the peaks are that high, you know, like it, it, it definitely – tops out at okay and bottoms out at not great you know and again it's like it never veers into like terrible territory but you know that's not what you want to be saying especially about a movie that is a sequel to um a, a film that was well received despite having a lot of problems and, and a movie that i liked um and that i i i found like i was able to overlook the flaws because of the things that stood out about it that were special. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this movie lacked that even, you know? So it felt more just like all of the mess. And like, yeah, there are some cool beats, which we'll talk about. And, you know, it, it's not like it's a, a film that's devoid of anything working. Um, but for a movie that um, I expected, you know, I said uh, in our episode this week, right? Uh, or I said, I guess, last year and we brought it up this week. It was the movie I expected to enjoy the most. Um, I I really thought it was going to deliver quite a bit more on the promise of the original and that it would be less bogged down by some of the mistakes that were made with the original. Um, and I feel like it actually moved in the opposite direction. Yeah. Yeah. I came into this movie um, with my hopes fairly in the middle. I, The longer that this movie took to come out, um, the more I started to think that uh, it wasn't going to be that great. They showed us um, a lot at a certain point because, of, mm. of course, this movie was supposed to have been out a long time ago. And it got delayed due to some production stuff and then it got delayed because of the coronavirus um, and HBO decided to put it out because they felt that the movie was going to get stale otherwise and uh, this movie didn't surpass the middling expectations that I had of it unfortunately mm -hmm. um, I think that the cast all do very well everyone does well with what they're given I think that Gal Gadot still embodies Wonder Woman in a lot of ways. She is able to carry 
the weight of this character um, because she gets what Patty Jenkins is trying to put down with this version of Wonder Woman. Uh, sure. With that being said, I don't actually think that Gal Gadot is given a lot to do. She does well with what she's given. I don't think she's given a lot. Uh, and I think I feel that way for everyone in the movie. Chris Pine does very well. Not a ton there for the character. He doesn't really get to do yeah. too much. Uh, Pedro Pascal probably has the most bombastic performance and he has the most to do. He's, you know, he's new to us and um, there's a lot to establish there and there are um, a variety of emotions that he gets to express, which I liked a lot. Um, and he's a, a very talented actor. So he, I would say, was probably the highlight of the film from that perspective. But it introduces a lot. It introduces several new characters. Kristen Wiig's Cheetah um, is introduced in the film. Her Barbara and Minerva slash Cheetah, I guess. And it just felt like with those two new characters, with explaining how Chris Pine, Steve Trevor has returned, and all of the the, the big ideas and concepts that this movie wants to explore and get us to think about, it falls apart under the weight of its own ideas. Yeah, yeah. Um, too stuffed. Yes, and at two and a half hours, it's weird to say this, but it didn't actually feel like we had enough time. And I think that no. that is a result of a poor script, not the movie actually needing more time. In fact, I think it was too long. Um, but we'll get yeah. into the more deeper elements of it a little later. I do just want to also say, uh, I think that the cinematography was good. Um, but I do think that there were too many times when I thought, wow, this doesn't look good. Yeah. And that's weird. And I feel like rare for a modern superhero movie to have those kinds of thoughts. Yeah. And... I don't know. You know, I, don't, I actually don't feel like I can say much more about that without spoiling things because it's it's within context of certain things. Um, yeah, do you want to just jump into the spoiler full? Uh, yeah, we can do we can we can do that. I will uh, for my last statement say whatever my ultimate score would be. I do feel in line with the Rotten Tomato score. I think it's accurate. Yeah, yeah, I'd say it exists in that sixty to seventy range, depending on. I guess what you're looking to get out of these movies. Yeah. All right. Let's jump into spoilers. If you haven't seen the movie uh, and you care about spoilers, you're probably going to want to go watch it and come back. If you have seen it or you haven't but don't care, stick around. We're going to talk about everything right now. Uh, so this movie takes us all the way forward from World War I into 1984. All of Wonder Woman's friends are dead. Uh, and she is alone, and she has a, uh, basically adopted a single person's life. Uh, she's resigned herself as a 100-plus-year-old person to the idea that she needs to be alone because um, anyone that she builds an attachment with is going to die long before she does as an immortal. And she's struggling with the weight of that reality. Um, and I thought that that was an interesting place to come into the character with and a good place for us to start our conversation. How do you guys feel about the Wonder Woman character in this movie, the way she's presented to us? I struggled with it because I felt like I felt like she didn't feel like she had a lot of room to breathe. 
Um, I think that there are so many characters in this movie that you're asked to identify with and understand and, you know, um, and kind of go through the motions with that, like, it didn't feel like there was much room for her. Like, you look at the original movie, right, and it's like she and Chris Pine are, like, the real characters and then everybody else is just kind of like the supporting players it's like oh it's their friend right it's it's the the quirky guys in their platoon or like you know the assistant and like okay cool like great those characters are are fun and cute and likable and they exist to to service the main characters having arcs that matter and you look at this and it's like chris pine's you know, Steve Trevor is kind of resigned to that role, to that supporting role, mm-hmm. rather than really being a major actor, even though he is kind of one of the three major characters. But then also, like, the Maxwell Lord stuff is there, and that has a lot of screen time that, at the end, I don't feel like it feels super connected to everything else. Like, it is what sets everything in motion, but, like, the fact that, the connective tissue between Diana's story and that story is ultimately Cheetah and like her whole role and everything. Like it feels messy, you know, like it feels like it almost gets there, but like, I don't know. You spend so much time setting up all these pieces that by the time that you get to the third act, it feels kind of rushed and it shouldn't, it's two and a half hours long, you know, like it has the time. It just feels like it doesn't use it that well. I think too, like how it develops Wonder Woman as a character, like separating uh, Diana from that. I, I think it, I think in the beginning it did a great job. Like the opening scene where she's, um, uh, where she's in the mall and she's saving the little girl. Like, like she's a, yeah. she's like, like a a superhero f- down to earth for the people. You know, she's inspirational. I think that that idea gets across. But then we spend most of the time with Diana. And then the times that we get with Wonder Woman are like half chalk, um, where they're fighting. Um, what is it in Egypt? And she's saving kids, but the same element doesn't come across. Or she's just fighting Barbara, and and you don't actually get the development past that those first few scenes into Wonder Woman as a superhero character affecting the world outside of well, I'm doing superheroics. Yeah. Yeah. I was point. I was pretty frustrated with not what the movie has to say about Wonder Woman but how it uses Wonder Woman. So uh-huh. it starts it starts with that scene of of her when she's a young child and she's in that whole um that that Olympic Games type of 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 thing that that the Amazons were doing. Yeah. And that scene establishes what the movie is about. The movie is about the fact that the truth supersedes everything else, no matter what mm-hmm. you feel or no matter how bad it makes you feel, no matter what it means for you, the truth is absolute. And I thought that that was a good way to set up a movie about Wonder Woman because she very much is about that. She's not a liar. She's not the type of character that's going to try to deceive you. She has the lasso of truth. Truth is very much at the center and core of who she is. And it sets her up to learn the lesson about that. And that's fine. That's totally cool. Um, And that pays 
off with how things progress later where she doesn't want to give up her wish for uh, for Chris Pine, for Steve Trevor to return. Even though the truth is that he's really gone and she shouldn't have him, she's unwilling to give up that because she can't accept it. She hasn't accepted it yet after all these years. And I like that. I think that's, that's, that's really uh, a nice sort of progression for the character. The only problem is that I kind of feel like I kind of feel like Wonder Woman learned that lesson. Like I kind of feel like she she learned it as a kid. Um and oh. then I also kind of mm. feel like she learned it in Wonder Woman Part 1 where she was willing to let Chris Pine go. Like she was willing to let Steve Trevor go and 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 be the pilot and do what he had to do. Yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. You know what else kind of bothered me on that thread was that, like, I I felt like um, something that I really liked that I connected with in the beginning was I thought it was really cool and, like, spoke to a good realization of Diana's character in that when she first has her first interaction with um, – with, uh, what's, what's Cheetah's name when she's not – Barbara. When she has her first interaction with Barbara um, – when when Barbara tries to like kind of reach out and like make a connection with her, like she pulls back because she it's speaking to that you know that kind of development that you spoke about, Sean, where like she is kind of disconnected from the world and like she's still out there like helping people, but she's not making personal connections and you know she doesn't want to make friends, right? But then she sees that Barbara is alone and that she is desperate for companionship, and she you know kind of reconnects with that element of her personality there right and i was like oh like that's that's cool like i i like that i like that as um a development in her arc as you know not only a character who's immortal but also like a character who we know by the time we've seen her in like modern day stuff has reopened her heart to making connections with people and that like recognizes that that's kind of important to being a hero, right? Is to like having connections to the people that you're saving. And I don't like that. Like the, the narrative kind of gets fucked up in that you would hope that what, what the takeaway would be that you need to open your heart to new people and everything. And that kind of is like, I guess the ultimate end, right? Like what we kind of see her in the very end point of the movie. But like the, the actual text, right? Is that, Oh, she opens her heart to someone else. And then they end up, being a bad guy and a villain and then like she reconnects with her dead boyfriend and then at the end of the movie she's open i guess to maybe making a connection with someone else but hasn't actually established any meaningful connections connections with new characters you know and and to that i think also like the text also for like barbara right is that sure you want to be open because you're alone but it's also a matter of well how popular are you how interested are you in like socializing and 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 that kind of detail and less so like the material the material of your person because as much as she helps out wonder woman there's no actual like connection there they have a few scenes together um and like i I felt like the um the where they go to lunch the that scene in particular was like uh, kind of like pulling teeth for emotion i felt like it was poorly acted and it didn't communicate um the the sort of pain that um barbo would have been in uh 
it kind of just came off as like we get it that she's awkward and that you know she can't make friends that much but uh, is she alone i guess but uh, am i feeling something for her at that point and i i didn't and that carried through through the rest of the movie which sort of made barbara's character kind of um weak like, like flat in my opinion that speaks to a larger problem with the movie itself, which is just that it it wants you to feel things for characters that it's hard to feel because there's just not enough time with them. Yeah. Um, Barbara Minerva goes from a you know a loner who's kind of an outcast and shy and whatnot to this vixen who you know, has learned how to walk in heels and is super strong and everything else because she wishes to be like uh, Diana Prince. That happens so fast. Right. You don't ever really stick with her as that other character. Um, And then there's the descent into her being bad that comes really quickly after that. It's it's breakneck speed at which they're moving through these emotions. And I compare that to something like The Dark Knight that has a a similar amount of characters and also features two villains where Harvey Dent's character feels like he has a full movie to become Two-Face and for that to matter to you. Whereas here, it doesn't feel like it really matters at all. And it certainly doesn't feel like it matters to Wonder Woman. Yes. Yeah. And and I think that's what what ends up being uh, such a disappointment too, right? Is that like you have I think two antagonists that are are well like they have the foundation of of characters that could be good, right? In 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 both Cheetah and and Max Lord, where it's like you have a a solid performance, you have like you know like good foundational work that like I think could lead to satisfying like uh narrative release later on where it, where you do feel like you earned that face turn and or or not the face turn the heel turn and and like all those things but like neither of them really get there and you have two kind of underdeveloped unsatisfying arcs because ultimately like cheetah it just becomes uh you know, a, a thing for Wonder Woman to overcome to stop Max Lord. Yes. Who is a character who has no connection to Wonder Woman's, like, actual main story, except for the fact that they're both after the same MacGuffin, right? And that, like, because she wants, you know, uh, Steve to be alive, like, if she beats him, he's gone. Like, that's the whole connection. And it's like, okay, fine, but that feels kind of artificial, you know, like their actual face off doesn't feel like it has any heat because they don't even fucking know each other. They've met each other like once, you know? <laughs> yeah. And and that's that's true for Bar- even the, the fight between her and Barbara. Like we're supposed to feel some sort of emotional weight to that because, you know, they're fighting as friends, but we didn't get time to see them as friends. So Yeah, they're kind of like acquaintances. You right, know, it's exactly. like it's supposed to feel like this huge betrayal, but it's like It's my this is my work colleague. Yeah, they got lunch together one time. You yeah. know, it's like not like that big a deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The HR is like, so you, uh, you made any friends? It's like, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, we grab lunch one time. It's like, it's chill. So the movie very quickly introduces the the MacGuffin. I uh, forget what they called it. The Dreamstone, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. The something Dreamstone. like that, yeah. 
And basically what it does is it allows three wishes, apparently. There were three left, I should say. Um, Wonder Woman wishes for Steve Trevor. Barbara wishes to be like Wonder Woman, which, by the way, she does after literally knowing her for one day. Uh, And uh, Maxwell Lord wishes to have the powers of the Dreamstone itself. Which was a pretty smart wish, I do have to say. I think it was um, just like, like you get one wish as long as you hold it was the thing. Yeah, I think that was the thing. Is that everybody gets one wish. Right. But then when he became the wit- the stone, he was using that to take advantage of other people and stuff. Other people's wishes for his own right. shit. Yeah. Which was hard to follow. <laughs> It gets crazier than that. We haven't even gotten into it. That, that That's the basic premise and kind of what connects all three of these characters together is this Dreamstone. Um, yeah. But you, you, you can get something from it, but it takes something from you. And that's where I feel like... Okay, okay. so there's a lot at play, <laughs> right? There's a lot at play and there's a lot of different themes that are active throughout the movie and again like on wonder woman she wishes for the return of steve trevor her 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 love and it takes her powers away from her how do you guys feel about that being the thing that it takes from her i uh i didn't like it um for a few reasons because i think in general um, the rules of the stone and Max's powers and like how it all works uh, felt really, really poorly explained mm-hmm. uh, to the point of like, I remember there being multiple points where I'm like, wait, what just happened? Like, how does that work? Like, I don't know that I totally get how, why his powers work this way. Sorry, sorry. Um, and with her, like the whole thing was that it's supposed to take away like what means the most to you. And I don't, buy that her power is necessarily what means the most to her. Um, but even if, even if you accept that, it feels like an excuse to like knock her down a peg so that things can threaten her and you have an excuse to have her do less like super shit. Mm-hmm. Those are stakes, but not really stakes. Yeah. Cause it's like, Oh look, like all of a sudden a couple guys with guns, like that's a real threat. Yeah. And um, I didn't realize until like way down the line that that was sort of the thing that they were like, even after they said it, it still didn't necessarily feel like it. Cause she was still kind of kicking ass. Um, where I was like, well, but then like, does it matter if she's going to have this power because she still has something like she just gets hurt now more easily or something like that. It, it, it just felt like there wasn't weight there. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it because even if I accepted it, they didn't make it work as well as they maybe could have in in the context of you keep Steve Trevor and you lose your powers. Because, like, if her powers were actually gone and then it was like, oh, the world's threatened and you can't do anything because you have no powers, like, that would make more sense. But it's, like, not even that. It's, like, she seems like she's basically just as powerful, except maybe not, like, she could die now. Okay. What? So removing the power set, from a hero in the second movie is an extremely common trope. They do it almost every time. Whether the hero 
physically starts to lose their powers, they lose access to what makes them powerful, or they decide that they don't want to be that character anymore. Um, that happens almost always. But typically there's some type of lesson associated with that happening so that the character becomes better after. And you learn that the true power is not actually what they can do, it's who they are. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like we learned that lesson with Wonder Woman. No. And and to your point, it was explained to us, right? She learned it as a kid. She learned it in the original movie. So it's like it's like a, a wash and repeat, but they just repainted it with like she's losing Trevor again, but at the same time she's also losing her powers. It it was weak in it was weak in its delivery of, of that and of communicating any sort of like character growth. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I don't I, I think again the lesson of, of the truth being absolute is perfectly fine. But but so what? Like what does that have to do with Wonder Woman? What does that say about her relationship to truth or you know what she's willing to do to to save the world? Like I, I don't know. It I never personally felt like the question she was forced to answer was that difficult of a question to answer. I don't believe Wonder Woman would struggle with being willing to give up Steve Trevor in the face of the world's um, existence because they don't compare. And in Wonder Woman Part 1, she was already willing to do that. And she had known Steve Trevor for like five minutes. So for me, her having this big of a struggle with the same thing now, I just didn't really, I didn't really rub me yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree, and let alone the fact that it's like that it is like um, something that we kind of already did in the first movie. It's also like such a trite, like the whole like, do you pick? Do you pick the the world or your love interest? You know, it's like, yeah, I, I know. I, I remember the Green Goblin. He's dangling the kids off the bridge and shit. Like, we, <laughs> we, you know, like, I get it. Like, we've done this shit so many times before. And, like, I just, it didn't need to be that. It, but it could work. It just, it, it didn't. It could. It, it didn't work here. And I think, like, to your point, uh, Pete, if she had, like, outright lost her powers and then the world was in threat, but per... Uh, but then Steve Trevor was there, but maybe like somebody else or like the people that she loved came back or something. Like if there was more of an emotional connection there, maybe, but still it, it, it we didn't get that. Yeah. So it's like, it's trite and not very like well executed, yeah. you know? And you are left with like a lot of like questions, you know, because like, it's not even like, just like basic it's like it's basic but also has a lot of holes speaking of holes steve trevor returns from the dead in this and we all were very curious as to how that would happen and we already established that wonder woman wishes for his return and so he returns uh the whole part the, the problem with it is that as was stated the way that the wishes operate isn't clear And so the reason why Steve Trevor appears in some other dude's body versus his own body just appearing on Earth again is not even... They don't even try to tell you why. No. Um, You just have to accept it. And 
it's clear why they did it from a narrative perspective because it's a lot easier if Steve is existing in someone else's body to be able to say, well, he has an apartment that they can go to, right. he has clothes that he can try on, and there's all these funny things that can happen, which, by the way, Chris Pine, Steve Trevor was responsible for almost all of the funny parts of the movie. Um, he's really likable. Yeah, yeah, he's good. But it, it, it falls apart when you think about it for one second. And you realize that all of that was just done because they needed an easy way to slide him into life again, See, which is frustrating. Yeah, and and I also think like it's it, it's a little like problematic, honestly. Like and like it's weird that they don't like wrestle with the implications of it at all. Like you said, because you said the thing of like I wouldn't, I don't buy the idea that Diana would like allow the world to potentially end because she doesn't want to let go of Steve Trevor. Fine. That I am already on the same page as with you, let alone the fact that she wouldn't even address the fact that like effectively they're just killing this other person. Like he's just (laughs) taken over his body and like, you know, like shit, like they spent the night in this guy's house and like, you know, had sex in his body and everything. And like all these things that are like really fucking weird and creepy and like not, like she only has like, eyes for him pete but it's like but it's like we don't even we're not even going to pretend that that's a thing we're going to like entertain is something that diana would even think about right it's like nah whatever it's fine yeah i was thinking that i was like yo what if you should have just like got like disappeared a dude who had a wife and a kid and like that that was the first thought i had i was like wait this is a different dude is he is he like something else to somebody else like what? yeah right like he could have a girlfriend or i'm sure he has parents or something like somebody yeah. must care about this mother he's got a job i'm sure he's right like all whatever. these things where it's just like this motherfucker's life is just forfeit i guess because wonder woman doesn't want it you know what i mean like it's like what the fuck is that about yeah and i i think that there that speaks to a larger issue that i did have with the movie where there are too many times where the narrative expects you to accept something that's not acceptable if you are going to think about it at all. Um, yeah. So so with Steve, that was just that just didn't make any sense and that was immediately a turn off. But when you shift gears and you look at like the way that the stone affected Barbara. So she sees that Diana is strong, confident, capable, likable, all the things that she feels that she's not, right? And she wishes for Hertz to be more like Diana, right? Mm-hmm. So the stone gives her power and confidence and likability, but it takes away her humanity. Which... What did Barbara want from Wonder Woman other than her humanity? She didn't know she had superpowers. She was asking for for what makes Diana special. So how can you get those things, which includes warmth, it includes her humanity, and then take her humanity away and give Barbara the powers she didn't even know Diana had in the first place? Yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't line up, right? Especially when you think about, like, what is, like, kind of the ultimate takeaway of the first movie, right? Is that, like, Diana is this, like, beacon of hope and, and positivity and, you know, and all that stuff. And that, like, when people meet her, they're captivated by her because she's so charming and she's so kind and, like, all those things. And it's just, like, that, like, that is the thing that she was asking to be like. 
and she's not. Like, she's just, like, mean pretty and really strong, <laughs> you know? And it's like, okay, but that's – that feels like such a, like, weak way to, like, get her those abilities, right? In the same way that, like, I feel like it like the jump from that level – to then her being the cheetah, it's yes. like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, how? Like, what wish got us there? You know, like, yeah, apex predator, bro. Right. So that makes her like a cheetah lady. Like, what the fuck is that? And also, we don't see Max Lord make that wish. He's just like, okay, I get what you mean, and then like turns her into a cat lady. And I'm like, what? 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 <laughs> so my feeling was that. They obviously wanted to get Barbara to a place that she becomes a villain. Yes. And and so they, they did some things that were a little weird to get to that place. I don't think they needed to do any of those things at all. I think that it's interesting that Barbara would get all of the, the, the qualities that she wanted from um, Wonder Woman. And let's say she got none of the negatives. I think it's interesting that she would choose to be bad. Because she doesn't want to let go of what she now has. Yeah, like yeah. that was like a that was a, a a totally believable motivation for her as a villain, mm-hmm. even as somebody who had generally been presented to be a, a good person before that. Like like if she had discovered that oh my god Diana is Wonder Woman, but she's trying to stop this and like I need to become something to stop her. Cool, you got me. Like that makes sense. That is something that I, because assumingly you would have built up their relationship, I can buy emotionally and I can buy that uh, she would go through that thing. But otherwise, I want to become a cat lady. And it's like, what, like, why a cheetah? Like, that's like a thing that's like not explored at all. Cause like, they do like a weird thing where like at one point, like, Diana has on like the cheetah heels and she's like, oh, I like those. And yeah, like, yeah. Is that the whole setup? Like, that's it? Like, well, even, you, like, you could have at least. Yeah, like, you could have done something where it was, like, oh, when she starts looking all powerful, like, she's got the cheetah prints, and she, like, gives you some explanation where she's like, oh, I just love how raw and powerful they are. You know, something. Like, give me some bullshit throwaway line that gives you a through line at least, rather than for it to just come out of left field, you know? like She mentioned the cryptozoology, which, like, that was my immediate flag, but still, it wasn't great. Yeah, but it's like they never follow up on that. In the books, she, in Greg Rucka's run, I should say, she is a, uh, I believe she's a crypt, crypt, what did you say, cryptozoologist? Cryptozoologist. Yeah, I believe she's that in the book as well. And they go on a mission to uncover some type of artifact. And she encounters a, an ancient god who transforms her. And I totally get why you couldn't do that in this movie because that would be way extra. But even just the idea that she's fascinated by cheetahs and she found this this ancient god artifact or something that didn't change her but put the, the seed in her mind as to why she might want to be a cheetah. To have yeah, the well, powers of this this god. And like fucking A, man. Like, right? Like, you, you just said it. We're not fucking screenwriters, but I could have punched this up right there. It's like, oh, the w- there's a major plot point where they find a bunch of fucking artifacts and one of them's magic. How hard would it have been for there to have been, I don't know, like a pot or something where there's a cheetah lady on it and she's like, oh, bam, there's the idea. You know what I mean? Like you just 
lay the thread. Lay it somewhere. Like, and you set it up. It was right there. You had a, a perfect avenue to backdoor me into this plot and not have it feel like total whiplash. But what's clear is that it needed to be so she needed to be introduced in this movie as a supporting character and become the cheetah later. You know, for that to actually be satisfying. I actually would agree with you if it wasn't for another way that I think this movie backed itself into a corner, which is by having it set in 1984. I don't think that there was a reason that that needed to happen. I think that this movie really could have been set in any time. And other than some gags, it didn't use the time period at all, really. Mm. Um, it gives, In the clothes, it, yeah. It evokes thoughts about the Cold War and, you know, Orwellian things. But it doesn't go there with any of them. And in the ways that it most tries to go there, which is, of course, the, the, the nuclear war at the end, that was completely ham-fisted. They forced that in, like, in the la- like in, at, the, at the end, basically, just because they needed the, end, the world to be at stake. And that was super frustrating. I think if you put the movie closer to now, you could have Cheetah, uh, Barbara, be a supporting character who then becomes Cheetah later. But if the movie takes place in 1984 and they don't plan on doing the movie, the next one, in, like, the 90s, if they do it today, all of a sudden Barbara's 50 being the Cheetah. Can't do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like it didn't need to be set in 1984. While we're on that, do you guys feel... Like, they utilized, in any way, the 1984 setting, um, interestingly for you. No. Uh, for me, yeah. Um, I enjoyed the the aesthetic of everything. Like, the um, the way that it was shot, it felt like nice and warm, a little fuzzy. Uh, it, it felt like, like, especially the beginning, like an 80s movie. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm, I'm digging this aesthetic, and I'm digging this vibe. And... If this is the the way we're going from a cinemata- from a like a cinematography perspective, cool. I'm I'm in, um, and this kind of leads into some of the like the effects ends where I feel like okay, not all of them were great necessarily. Um, the as much as they tried to integrate the aesthetic with like the was it the particle beam stuff and like Star Wars, lol, right? Um, outside of like those things, it didn't work, but I think it set an atmosphere that I at least enjoyed. I mean, I agree with that, but I, I also definitely agree with what Sean said about it. Just feeling like half baked. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. it didn't take as much advantage of it as it could for sure. You know, like it's like, yeah, like the guys who hold up the mall are like, are have their sleeves Don Johnson style, like. It's pretty much it, you know. Like they like like it's like everybody's in eighties clothes and cassettes. Am I right? Like you know, like it's like it's kind of just that's it. And like I I wish that it had gone further. And I think like when when we have examples of stuff like um, you know, something like Stranger Things, right? Which like yeah feels so fucking like baked in that eighties nostalgia. Like it it just doesn't. It doesn't feel like it measures up. Yeah. I also just, I I really, really wish they would have made a different choice in setting Wonder Woman in the past twice in a row. Because I think that there's so many interesting things you can do with Wonder Woman now in in, in 2020. Um, 
obviously the movie was made well before 2020, but that that's irrelevant. The world was wild in 2016, before yeah. the first one even came out. And I think that Wonder Woman now, we need, we need her voice now. It's the same way we always talk about how, oh, we need a Superman movie because we need, we need him now. Well, Wonder Woman is like that. Wonder Woman can yeah. be that. And totally. they just refuse to give us that today. And it's, it's just, it's honestly mind-blowing. I got it for the first one. They wanted to separate her from the Batman v Superman stuff and establish what the hell, how she, how she was around and all that jazz. It, fine. But after that, why do it again? Especially if you're not going to do it well. You know, because like, I, because I, I, you've held that opinion since they announced this. And I didn't agree with you until I saw the movie and I was like, oh, that's it? Like, if that was all you were going to do, then like, yeah, it wasn't worth it. Especially because you're limited, right? So you know for a fact that Wonder Woman can't die. That's fine. She's not going to die. We get that. Right. But you know Steve Trevor can't be around anymore. So the question of what happens with him is gone because he won't be there in twenty in uh, when Wonder Woman is in Batman Superman because we know her future already. So yeah. he's out the picture. Um, somehow Maxwell Lord and Cheetah aren't going to be around. There's too many things that are just answered already when you set a movie in the past. It's 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 not smart. I don't I don't think it's smart, and this movie didn't prove me wrong. Um, Can I? Go ahead. I just want to mention the biggest uh, plot hole that I had issue with. Um, remember when they got the the jet? Yeah. And they yeah, expected and then it just me... never comes up again. No, no, no. And then they expected me to believe that I would fly in a jet fighter from DC to Egypt in one in in one sitting because that's how much gas uh, or fuel a fighter jet can hold. Unreal. I was Unreal. like, oh, that's neat. And and it, uh, the moment where they are passing through the fireworks, I was like, oh, that's right. This was supposed to be like a summer July Fourth movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fact. That well, the then it ends. It ends on Christmas, though. That yeah. was a reshoot, that, though. That, that was a hard yeah. ass reshoot. Um, <laughs> the fact that they're somehow able to get to the jet with no security whatsoever stopping yeah. or seeing them. The fact that fireworks apparently go all the way to space. Um, like there were just. I feel like the middle of this movie, in my opinion, was straight up bad. I I, I genuinely believe it was just bad. Um, yeah, I don't know. That might be fair to say. Yeah, like I I just I don't know. Like it's so like, it's so all over the map. Like I was I uh, I was talking about it very briefly this morning with Murphy on Twitter. Uh, Matt Murphy, our friend friend of the show, and um, and I was like, it feels like it's like a like a like a decent comic book run or like like a season of television truncated into an, a movie rather than like an actual like movie script because it's just so much shit happens and it's like it's really weird how it diverts like when there is that little like you said like that montage section where it's like let's try on clothes and stuff and it's like what the fuck like what are we doing <laughs> like random like I thought that okay. was fun, though. Okay, yeah. But it's, it, it, it be it's not bad. It's fun, but it's weird that it happens where it happens. Because it's like the first, like, 15 minutes of the movie are, like, the fucking the tournament thing yeah. and, like, set up and meeting uh, Cheetah's character. And then Chris Pine comes back. And there's a. It's like, it's like, there's like 45 minutes of setup before you get into, like, the actual 
meat of the plot, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. We we did a time track at some point during the thing. Um and it was like uh, like fifty nine minutes and we had just gotten to um like Maxwell Lord becoming the dreamstone and like flying away or something. Let's speak about Maxwell Lord's character. So he's set up as like a you know, a typical like infomercial kind of guy, you know, like uh who's the who's the um the guy who's really well known for infomercials, he's gone now. Uh, oh, uh, uh, I want to say Bobby Flay, and that's the chef. What's his fucking name? Gosh. Oh my god! Come on. We all know who I'm talking about. I just can't remember. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah. Um. But he's very much Billy that. Mays. Billy Mays. Yeah. Billy Mays. <laughs> a, a salesman through and through, uh, who can sell you anything, except for the fact that this dude's a straight up liar. <laughs> we learned that he's a liar. He's, he's he doesn't really have what he says he has, as it tends to be the case with infomercial guys. Those products never work, uh, and he seduces Barbara in order to get the Dreamstone, in order to make this wish, so that he can be the Dreamstone and he can grant anybody's wish. But in exchange, he can take whatever he wants from them. This was another massive problem I had with the movie. I thought Maxwell Lord's character was set up pretty well. I actually didn't really have any problems with with his character throughout the film. I thought he was well portrayed. Um, And there was some balance because he had a key, even though he's a a bit of a a loser and a jerk, he wasn't a bad guy. And he had a kid who he clearly did care about even though he was putting other things ahead of his child. But that's not the worst human trait on earth. I'm with you, okay? Once he gets the stone and becomes that, the movie goes off the rails crazy. Yeah. First of all, the stone power thing is inconsistent in the sense that supposedly everyone gets one wish. Why did Barbara get two? Why was he willing to offer Wonder Woman another one? He himself couldn't make another wish. He could only exchange with other people and and we see throughout the film, he tries to give other people additional wishes, but he can't. Yeah. So how come he was able to do it for Barbara and offered Wonder Woman another? Because I, I think the implication there, and again, I this is glossed over, which speaks to the problem. But I think the implication is that he gets another person to endorse that wish for them, not that he grants the power. Or, no, but no, either, I, I, get, I get that. I, but they don't show that. It, no. no, they do. That's not that's not what I'm saying. He can't give people more than one wish. Right. Right. So yeah. how come he's able to give Barbara two wishes? And I, I think it's because she did it once before he became the stone, as did Wonder Woman, and then maybe it resets because now he's the dream star, oh. whatever the fuck. So then oh, how yeah, come he that... couldn't have two wishes? If he got one before he became it and then he didn't get one after. Because shut your point, brain off, Sean. It, it still doesn't make it sense. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and then also, how come everyone wished for either something insanely bad, like more nukes in the world, which at, that in was 1984, so funny. yeah, sure, people might have done that. But that's the first thing on the president of the United States' mind. Like the, <laughs> yeah. the most pressing matter in his entire world is more nukes. Well, I I, 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 uh, I made a comment to Sarah when we were watching it. I was like, leave it to uh, the president of the United States when being asked, like, 
what what your concerns are, and it's like, oh man, I'm really nervous about about war and foreign aggression, and I have one wish. Rather than wish for peace, I wish for more nukes. Right? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> no one wished for the best thing that could happen or the worst. With billions of people on Earth, no one wished for peace on Earth. No one wished for, for the prosperity of mankind. No one wished for the end of the world. No one wished for everyone to die. No one wished for the return of the dinosaurs. No one wished for aliens. No one wished for anything that would disrupt the movie. That's why powers like that are stupid. Because you, when you when you actually stretch your brain to think about it, it's like, well, how come that didn't happen? If I, everybody could wish for something, at some point, and it wouldn't take long, someone's going to wish for something like the end of the world. Because, by the way, they don't know what's going to happen. Right. Uh, one of the, the issues I had in line with that was when all of a sudden DC started turning into like a mass of like rioting and it was yeah. getting crazy like at, at what point does this happen because like i get that people were going over to uh max's lord's whatever place but he was out and about like he was running around like where they stopped that one dude was like i wish for a cow but not here like the fuck like wh- what did what could he possibly and if he's trying to get something out of you what could he possibly want from that dude to give him a farm like what what it right. didn't make any any connection between his act, Lord's actions and what was going on around in the world. Not to mention um, the whole the the whole rules felt really inconsistent. Like, because I didn't, I personally missed or or felt like it was poorly explained when they're like, and he can take whatever he wants. Yeah, in yeah, exchange that was weird. for the thing, because then it like he just does it the first time, and I was like. Why, why does that just work? Why, why is that know? how that works? Yeah, why does he yeah. know? Yeah, like, how, like, what, like what is the explanation there? Because that wasn't how it worked with the stone. It wasn't like the stone took what it wanted from you. It was supposed to take what was most important to you. So wouldn't that still be the same fucking thing? Like, what, like why, did, why did it just shift? Yeah, and also, how come... Like, I know that there was an explanation in the film. It's not a matter of me not watching or paying attention. It's a matter of me thinking it was really silly that he was able to touch everyone through the satellite. Particles. The particles are touching everyone? Is that what you're saying? It's like, I guess, but not really. Like, not in the way that you're saying. <laughs> I thought that was super, super convenient. And it's I, I personally can't overlook Things like that in a movie. Well, now, was if, con- if, if the movie was great, otherwise, all right, fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, convenient was him them like making a presentation before PowerPoint, walking in with in the president, leaving after getting what you need. Is like, hey, what's that? Looks like something I could use. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> it wasn't even a particle thing. It was just like that. That was convenient there at that time that they were talking about a particle thing that could distribute information to all over the world. Especially because the the implication was that the president hadn't been there before, right? That like he just like fe- he was like, oh, I just I'm here and I forgot about oh, this. Yeah. And, like it's like so why was all this shit just here and why are these other like experts in the room for this conversation that needs to be happening? It was right there for the Maxwell plot. Lord. Yeah. Yeah, it's like what the fuck? Like I don't know, it it that that doesn't, it just doesn't add up, you know. And and like you said, like there are plenty of movies that are good movies that do things like that. 
like we joked about how like the Dark Knight has that moment where it's just like, and Batman just shows up, and it's just like they don't explain how, but like, oh, he's Batman. Whatever, he figured it out. Sure, whatever. I can I can buy that. Enough of the movie's been good that I'll 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 give you a pass, you know. But like when the movie doesn't doesn't pass the smell test, and it's just doing dumb things like that or like making logical leaps having characters do things that don't make sense or feel out of character or having like these set pieces that feel like out of context and not always good like it adds up you know and you're just like man this just it just doesn't come together yeah it's you know it's really unfortunate um because it's the movie has big ideas that i like i like that it addresses uh, truth. I like that it addresses greed and the, the negative elements of greed. Um, especially in an era where we've been talking a lot about fake news and all that other stuff. Like, no, truth is truth, regardless of what you think. You know? Yeah. That's all well and good. But it it doesn't it it doesn't take those ideas and then place them within characters who then have to fight for them or fight against them. Or anything like that in a way that's interactable. Yeah. Uh, the 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 jumping forward right uh, towards the end when Barbara Minerva becomes the cheetah. First of all, that looked awful. Yeah, there wasn't, wasn't great a single thing that was going to happen in cinema this year that I was looking forward to more than seeing Cheetah. Nothing, and she looked god awful. She looked like she was from Cats, that terrible movie that came out. <laughs> was that also in 2020? <laughs> that was it was it was that bad. Put that aside for a moment. What does Cheetah embody about her about the movie? What what concept is it that she embodies? Greed, I guess, right? I guess, but like But what was the what was the the, the cost of her greed? Was that she became a cheetah? No, because she asked for that. No, it's that she becomes a bad person. That that she becomes a bad person. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because it's like she doesn't care. Because that's the thing, right? It's like that's the thing. In her mind, what did she give up? Nothing. Like she 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 feels happier. She's great. She feels better. Right? Like, she has superpowers. She's more confident about herself. She's getting the attention that she wanted. Like, this is basically everything she ever asked for. She didn't, like, there's no consequences, really, to her actions, as far as she's concerned. Yeah, and I guess the idea is that she needed to accept the truth of who she was and not aspire to be like Diana. But I guess everyone should aspire to be like Diana. That's why the concept of the stone making her do those things sucks because it takes away her agency because she's no longer acting on her own. She's doing these things because the stone took her humanity. She's not making choices anymore. She is bad because she has to be because that's what she lost, but she already lost it. So when she doesn't renounce her powers, it's not Barbara and Minerva saying, I want to be like this. It's the stone version of Barbara and Minerva that took her uh, humanity that's saying I want to be like this. So what did the Barbara and Minerva character learn? Nothing. Because we lost her 
an hour, no, we lost her like 45 minutes into the movie when she makes her choice to wish to be like Diana, which on its face is not bad. Because she and didn't also, even know it was going to happen. And, and and it speaks to similar arcs from other characters, right, that I can think of um, in recent memory, right? Like you think about like how Hawkeye is like droned in Avengers, right? Or like how um, – Oh, I had another example, but like, fine, sticking with that one. Um, that ends up meaning something, right? Because it's like, oh, like, I, I'm a good guy and I was used as a bad guy and now I got to redeem myself. Like, you don't even get that, right? Like, or like Winter Soldier, right? Where it's like, that has emotional heat because it's like, you care about Cap and this is like his best friend, right? And even if you don't know Bucky, you know what he means to Cap. He's so in the it's first like, movie. we know him. Right, and it's like, oh, I got it. Like, I get it. I'm, I'm there. But, like, with this, this is a character we've known for, like, all of 30 minutes. And it just, it, it, do, it ends up meaning nothing. And it sucks because I, I don't think it's, like, any fault of, like, Kristen Wiig's performance either. You know, like, it's like, there's just nothing, there's no substance to the character's arc. I think that they didn't fully think through what her arc was supposed to be because the movie tells me, unless I missed it, and I'm sure if I did, someone will tell me, <laughs> that she traded her humanity. That's what the movie says. Yeah. If that's true, then her only sin was wishing to be like Diana. And that should not be a sin. She's the most aspirational DC character that exists alongside superman that's supposed to be a good thing she didn't make any bad choices and she still lost her humanity that shouldn't have been the way they did it they should have let she should have lost nothing and she should have chosen to be that way the fact that she didn't choose it removes her autonomy it makes her not a character and wonder woman essentially fought a plot not a plot device but a a caricature of just evil for nothing at the end, she did not fight Barbara and Minerva. They failed that character. Go ahead. Well, Mark. and I, I, just I guess this is my last point yeah. on that because you you spurred a thought on me. It's like it it also I think is particularly bad for that to be in the context of this being a Wonder Woman movie, where like it feels like you know you made this comment earlier like Diana's entire arc is like that she's in like that she's like crazy in love, which is like okay. We're going to do that with the one, like, you know, good female superhero franchise we have. All right. And then it's like we build up Cheetah as, like, this this major villain. And this is, like, one of Wonder Woman's most iconic antagonists. And at the end of the day, like, she is kind of, like, just like a goon. Yep. She is and a – she's that, literally just a goon. And, like, that is – that sucks. Yep. Uh, Marco, where were you going to take us? Um, I wanted to talk about some of the effects. Sure. Um, yeah. I, I I was pretty frustrated with um, the scene, I think I mentioned earlier, when they were like in Egypt and uh, they were saving the, the, the kids in the middle of the road. There was a point where like it was a mix of CGI that was kind of good and then like a mix of bad CGI. Some of the practical effects where like she's like pushing against the cars that was cool. I was digging it. But once it hit that, the moment where she's saving the kids, yo, those kids hit like, got choppy 
and like got picked up and then all of a sudden you could see they think they were like a doll and one of the kids was like oh my God. it was just it was just like bad but then there were really good moments where she's speeding up um to run and that looked really clean uh, she's whipping across with the lightning like that shit was dope and then there were other moments again where um the fight with uh with Minerva was or with Cheetah were like mixed too it, it was it was really all over the place and inconsistent and and I didn't um there were moments that took me out of it brought me back in but then took me back out again um uh, yeah that that was like a little mini rant of just like the special effects being whack for a, a larger portion than I thought were good yeah I think this this movie uh suffered from some of the same problems that the first one did where the CGI just wasn't up to snuff. Um, and it's not the only movie, it's not the only superhero movie to suffer from this. Black Panther notoriously had some pretty rough CGI, and obviously that's one of the most celebrated um, comic book movies ever. It Again, you know, any one of these problems, or even two of these problems that we're talking about, in a larger movie that's very good, hey. Never. Give it a pass. But, yeah. you know, it's just too many things. And, like, my score for this movie, if I'm judging it based on, like, Rotten Tomatoes style, would be, like, a 70%. 65, really? 70%. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I don't hate it. I love Wonder Woman. I'm a big fan of the character. I thought that um, Maxwell Lord was well done. Yeah. Um, I love the questions that the movie is asking. So, conceptually, I'm a fan of this movie. Steve Trevor does, Chris Pine does a great job as Steve Trevor. Like, there's a lot of things that work by themselves. When you put it all together, you have something that's just not complete. Um, and, and, and that is frustrating to watch because of the potential that some of the smaller things do have. Yeah, it, it, it's most frustrating to see a movie like this where it's like, it has... Where, where the sum is less than its parts. Yeah. Where you have the material to have made something good and it just doesn't come together. And, like, that to me is this is this movie. It's, like, it's messy. It's a lot of ideas that don't coalesce. It's a lot of time that is not used judiciously. And there's a lot of choices that, like, I just wouldn't have made, you know? And, and like, and I'm not saying that, like, I'm the arbiter of decisions or whatever, but I just mean that, like, I think the movie suffers for right both big and small because i think there's even an argument to be made that like stuff like like steve trevor as a as a character right like i agree with you chris pine gives a good performance him and gal gadot have good chemistry yeah. and like i i i liked him i feel like him being in the movie is part of why it's not good though is that like there's no space for him and you have to make you have to make excuses to put him in and give him things to do like, they steal the jet. Why the fuck do they even steal the jet? It's like one thing that, you know what I mean? Like, there, there's so much time that could have been used building up the other characters that they wanted to do things with, you know? And, and like, I, it's, it's, it's a lot of little, it's like death by a thousand cuts with this movie, you know? I, I agree. I think Steve Trevor was one character too many, especially having to explain how he was there. Um, I really wish he would not have been in the film. That's, again, why I think it was a mistake for him to have been in the last one. 
Because you clearly want Wonder Woman to have a love interest, just like you want any other uh, superhero to have a love interest. She should have one, too. It makes perfect sense. Make somebody new. Or make it his grandson or whatever the fuck. Like, like, do one of the, like they did with Cap. Yeah, or they, they, did, they did that in the, the Linda Carter TV show originally, I, I think, was the thing. Because the first season's in, like, World War One, and then they did it in the 80s. And it's like, I think that was the explain away. You know, like, fucking whatever. Like, give us some bullshit reason that he's back or don't. And or commit don't. to him being dead. Yeah, they, they wanted to have their cake and eat it, too, with the Steve Trevor character. I think he was one character too many. I think you leave him in the past and you build someone else up. Um, and, and, and again, I like the idea, right, of her not being open to love because of the losses. That's, yeah. that's I mean, they did it with Cap. Like, that, that makes sense. But I don't think that she needed to see Steve again to learn the lesson of moving forward. I think she just needed to learn the lesson of moving forward. Um, and there are other ways to do that. I mean, shit, dude, like, you could have even made, like, there be a romantic element with her and Barbara, and then when she's evil, that matters more. Like, there's so many other ways you could have taken it where it would have had more, like, just more there, more in the narrative. There would have been a lot more there if they had them get together, I'll tell you what. (laughs) (laughs) I just, like, there's so many ways you could have pivoted this where it would have, I don't know, led to somewhere that had more meat and more things for the characters to do. Yeah, um, I guess I, I ah man, I had a I had a a way a place I wanted to go, but I lost myself. Um, Sounds like the movie. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> <laughs> fucking burned. <laughs> hey, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I've said just about everything I have to say about this film. I. I just wanted to know how you guys felt about the resolution towards the end with Max, yes, that's where with I Maxwell Lord and um, like the her her whole speech at the end. Um, oh, it was bad. <laughs> I thought it was really bad. I gotta say, like that felt super ham fisted, and like um, I i don't know dude like i that whole thing felt really weak and like weird and not a great explanation like she uses the the lasso and she's like talking to everybody through him and i don't really get how that makes sense but it's what's gonna happen and somehow that lets him see his son and i I don't know like it's just again it's all this shit that just happens and it's just like yeah no you buy this right and i don't you know because it hasn't earned my trust, and it hasn't done enough good for me to, like, absolve it of it being flimsy. And it it just feels like another thing. And, like, the whole, like, scenery of him, like, walking out of the room into that weird, like, light pod. Yeah. And she's, like, on the ground, like, trying to army crawl towards him. But, like, there's wind for some reason because magic. You know, like, it just, it do- it feels so, like... I don't know, just like pulling tropes out and kind of stapling them together rather than it feeling rooted in the the mythology that it's set up for itself. Like, why why is there a vortex around him all of a sudden, right? Like, why is that the way that it works? There's never been an element where he's done something and there's been like a physical reaction, you know, but like, yeah. when? He, every time they make a wish, there's like a little like gust of wind. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, but not like the, uh but okay, fair enough cuz at that point it's like everybody in the world. Right, exactly. Much. All right, I'll take I'll take that one back. But I don't know. It just like ah, uh, it just it it feels like that whole confrontation is a lot like the third act of the original movie where it feels like they want to set up something that feels big and grand, but it I just am not there. You know? Yeah, uh, and granted, I think it's probably really tough to set up a non-physical confrontation as the resolution of a superhero movie, uh, where you expect big action, especially when the Cheetah Wonder Woman fight was so bad. Like I, <laughs> I, I don't, I can't recall a time since Iron Man that a superhero movie has had a fight scene, like a, a climactic fight scene. That was as bad as that. Um, it, it, it wasn't believable. Uh, I thought that some of the stuff they showed looked downright bad. Like what, when Wonder Woman was blocking Cheetah's attacks and you saw her wings around her, it kind of looked like, I don't know, like it looked like nothing around her was real and she was just reacting. Like Gal Gadot was just reacting. She was like, oh, oh, yeah. oh. Like it, it looked silly. Um, and that fight was super short. And it was just never believed that in Cheetah, she never did anything prior to becoming Cheetah where it was like, wow, she's really strong. like, Or not really strong, but a threat to Wonder Woman. We saw her be strong when Wonder Woman had no powers or very little. We never saw her do anything at all scary. Um, but on the subject of the, the resolution with Maxwell Lord, it's difficult to set up a finale where she can't punch him. That's not the point of, of, of it. It's it's something bigger than that, mm-hmm. and so they they give her this big speech that falls flat because of all of the setup that went into getting us to that point, being over the top, um, uh, flimsy. I couldn't invest in what she was saying because I had to accept that she was able to speak to everybody with the lasso, that Maxwell was able to speak to everybody through the satellite. That he was able to take people's wish, take something from people who wished for something uh, that people hadn't already wished for the end of the world. There were so many things on my mind by that point that I couldn't accept what the movie was asking me to accept, which is what she was saying. And then to build off that, ultimately, no one except for Wonder Woman has any consequence at all. Maxwell Lord doesn't go to jail. Yeah. The Farmer doesn't go to jail. Neither one of them are forced to confront what they did, with the exception of Maxwell Lord and his conversation with his son. Which but was- still, the, the, still, that was like something that he, that was like a positive for him. There wasn't right. a repercussion. Exactly. Do we even see Barbara again after that? There's no. A, you, you see her very briefly after, uh, while Wonder Woman's giving her speech. She's no longer the cheetah. She she had renounced her wish. She's no longer cheetah, and she's just That's looking right. up That's into right. the sky. That's right. Okay. So if she lost her humanity, why'd she even care to give up her wish? Real dumb. Anyway, <laughs> um, no one suffers any consequences, and that made the movie feel hollow, because the end result is that everyone can kind of just go back to where, where they started. You can make the argument 
well, Maxwell Lord almost assuredly went to jail after what all the things that he did. Okay, well, did you see that in the movie? Because I didn't. Nope. You know, movies have to also, have consequences. Also, it's like the the question remains, and the film doesn't has no interest in answering it. Like, d- does would he go to jail? Did all those things actually like? Do, does does everybody like? Did all of those things actually happen? Because like some of them, it seems like you see them being resolved and it's like, okay, it's back to normal. But then it's like other stuff that like, it, it kind of can't have worked that way. Right. Cause it's like, like do, does everyone have to manually renounce their wish or is the fact that Maxwell reset, like the, is it every, everything reversed now? Like, you know, th- those are questions that like we could sit here and answer them ourselves being like, well, I'm pretty sure that this is the implication and that's how that went. But like, I should, I should have clear resolution of these ideas and of these conflicts, not just like, well, all's well that ends well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The movie's (laughs) just not concerned enough with delivering answers. It's, it's concerned with asking the questions and that's okay. In a movie where you want to leave the viewer with, with like, something to think about. This movie doesn't leave you with anything to think about. Wonder Woman answers by saying you need to accept the truth no matter what. That's fine. It's the aftermath of that where you're just like, whoa, what the hell? Like, um, you know, we saw a woman drop dead because someone wished her dead. Is she just going to get up? Uh, Who's... Oh yeah. Like does that count as a murder? Like I I don't know. I have a million questions. When you when you wish for a million dollars, what happens? Does it blow up in smoke? Does it vanish? You know, what happens to like they're like it's as difficult to answer those questions as it is to answer the question of why didn't people wish for bigger things? And so that I don't know. I thought the I thought the resolution of the movie was poor and it falls apart. It falls under the weight of its own setup and and the and the questions that it wants us to wrestle with. Yeah, glad that uh, Lord and his kid hugged it out though. I like that scene, but yeah, that was good. I I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, so did he steal all those people's organs or no? <laughs> like, like are those people just gonna die now? Like, how much how much blood does he have on his hands that he just gets to walk away scot free? You know, like. And Wonder Woman's like, well, he learned his lesson. <laughs> so, the like, obviously, we had like negative reviews, but what was like a scene you you enjoyed? Because I I remember there was, um, the scene where after she leaves, renounces her wish, and she's kind of like running away and the madness of everything. I thought that was like a well shot moment and something that was, at the very least, like connected to me somewhat emotionally. But yeah, were the, did you guys like 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 any scenes? Yeah, I I, uh, I like the beginning, like I, I the the scene you mentioned earlier where she's in the mall and she like stops the 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 guys who are like you know robbing the store or whatever and like you know she like saves the kid and she's like like winks at the yeah. kid and he's like this will be our secret or whatever like like that shit was cute you know like I I like the stuff where it just felt like she was just like Wonder Woman being Wonder Woman and I am upset that there wasn't more of that. Because that's kind of what I was like looking forward to. Yeah. Um, I I liked a few scenes. I thought the the Amazon um, Olympics thing was pretty cool, and uh, I liked seeing her go up against all these adults. I thought that was nice. Um, yeah. And being crafty. That's not something we see a lot with the Wonder Woman characters. How 
like smart and crafty she can be. Um, she found a way to win, even though it was, you know, based on a lie. Um, I enjoyed, as I said, the Maxwell Lord scene with his son. Um, I thought that was really cool. The Chris Pine stuff. I thought every scene he was in was like, he was good, you know? Um, yeah. All the stuff he did. Um, <laughs> I did, I did think that despite it not making any fucking sense, I did think the scene of them stealing the jet was funny. Like when he's when she's just like, oh yeah, no, I forgot to tell you about radar, and he's oh, like, what yeah. the fuck, that Diana? Like, <laughs> like, it's like great, okay, fine. I guess we're doing this. I'm already taking the plane off the ground. Like, like those bits were good. That was fun, at least. My favorite thing in the movie, though, was something that I I was so shocked by, and I guess it's it's not much more than an Easter egg, really, but. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm pretty sure it's during her final speech. Um, They play, and she's talking about, you know, truth and how we need to accept the truth and all that jazz. And they play this this piece from Batman vs. Superman. The piece is called The Beautiful Lie. And it's, of course, by Hans Zimmer. And that sequence, that, that, that song is played it's played a few times but it's played first during the scene where we see um bruce become batman during his during his origin Mm. and um again the song is called a beautiful lie and this is basically saying or at least i extrapolated the playing of that song during wonder woman speaking about the truth to say there is no beautiful lie there's no such thing as that um, that the truth is absolute and paramount no matter what. And that's kind of like a, a counterstatement to um, some of the elements of Batman Superman, which I, you know, I like that movie, but I enjoyed this as not necessarily a critique of it, but just kind of sitting alongside it. Mm. Um, but yeah. That's cool. That's about it, though. Um, I, I, you know, I wish I liked the movie more. I know this feels like it was an hour and a half of a bash fest. But it's really, for me at least, coming from a place of, like, I wanted so much more out of this. For me, I'm zero and two. I didn't like the first one, and I didn't like this movie. And I really want to, because Wonder Woman deserves great films, just like all the other superheroes. Uh, Maybe more so, because of the fact that, you know, we don't have enough female superheroes on screen. And she is the premier one. She should be... These movies should be amazing. And maybe I just am not vibing with Patty Jenkins' vision for the character. Um, but this this version of Wonder Woman just isn't even... I don't feel like she's really tested or challenged the way she should be. I don't feel like she's presented as heroic enough. Um, I, want, I want more out of her. She's a very... Um, she's the moral compass of the DC in a lot of, in DC in a lot of ways. You don't get that here. Um, There's a lot I think is missing from her character that I wish we could see. But they're just not interested in that yet. So I guess we have to wait till the third one. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I I was really frustrated with this movie. Like I I I really did enjoy the first one, even though like I recognize that it has really like it has some significant flaws. Like for me to say that I love a movie, even though the third act is bad. 
um, I think speaks to the fact that like it had things that were going for it and that were working. And like I was so ready for this movie to deliver on the promise of what was good about that movie and to learn from those mistakes and to like have maybe a little bit more faith from the studio because the first one was such a hit. Like I, I thought it had everything going for it to really like yep. land and, and nail like I don't know, like a, a formula that I feel like like it seemed like Patty was so close to getting the first time, you know? Um and I just it it I'm so shocked that it feels like we just moved in the totally wrong direction. Yeah. I'm in terms of like learning those lessons and, and like even presenting Diana like well, you know, because I, I think um I don't know. I feel like in a movie that's supposed to be about Wonder Woman, I really feel like I didn't get enough of her. I feel like she didn't have enough room to breathe. And I feel like there's no moment that lands as well as like no man's land did in the first movie. And like, there's not, I don't know. There's not the, the same appeal for me um, that was established in that movie for, for really like any of the things that I feel like it had going for it. You know, um, it feels like it kind of tries to stand on the shoulders of the first movie and and doesn't even really succeed at that. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, Pete. Like I was I was looking forward to this movie because similarly I enjoyed the first one. I thought what what Patty Jenkins had done in the first two acts were awesome. Like like they were really really good. And then you know as as it's come out now, you know they what is it the the higher ups said they needed a fight so like they needed a fight and the third act kind of fell flat but i mean i thought we were going to get something where they to your point trusted her she'd be able to tell a story that she really wanted to tell in this time period and knock it out of the park but um those are the sort of the the expectations not necessarily coming to the movie but just like for what she could do uh but it, they it fell flat man Unfortunately, it did. Um, and uh, yeah, that's going to do it for our conversation here on Wonder Woman. I guess we can end with a rating if you guys want. Can... I will give it a 6.2. Was that the number that won me the number? Yeah, 6.2. Haha. <laughs> yeah, six six 6.5, I guess. Right there with you. 6.5 on Wonder Woman 1984. If you guys want to share your thoughts with us about the movie, please do. We're anxious to hear other people's opinions. This has been a very divisive movie. There are yeah. lots of people who do not like it. There are people who like it and will tell you that you are dumb for not liking it. Don't do that. But do share your thoughts with us at thecomicspals at gmail.com, on social at thecomicspals. You can hit us up on YouTube. Subscribe, like, comment, share while you're there. And, of course, the best way to join the conversation is to join our Discord server, a link to which is in the description. You can come, hang out with us, talk Wonder Woman 1984, then move over and talk about Chainsaw Man, which everybody's <laughs> obsessed with. I'm not. Um, yeah. Or whatever else you feel like talking about. There's plenty to go around. Thank you guys for listening. Listening, We appreciate it very much. We'll see you next time on another Comics Pals review. Take care. Whenever that happens. I'm going to go watch...